Shabbos, Dav Lamed Ches. They ask Rabbi Baraba, what's the halacha if somebody forgets a pot of food on top of a kira from before Shabbos into Shabbos and in the kira there are coals. It's Eina Grufo Ketuma. He answers them very vaguely. He quotes a Mishnah in Trumas that says that if a person cooks on Shabbos, depends. If it's on purpose, he cannot eat the food. If it's by accident, he could eat the food. And in our case, Rabbi Baraba says that a person forgot there's no difference between accident and on purpose. Now what did he mean? Are both mutter or both usr? In fact, it's a machlaikas. Rabbi Rav Yezif said he meant that both shogik and mezid are mutter to eat. Why is mezid, when you leave it on the fire, different than mezid when you cook on Shabbos? Because mezid, by cooking on Shabbos, you're taking action. You're cooking with your hands. Leaving it on a flame, you didn't do anything. You just didn't remove it. The only issue is that there's a brisa that differentiates between shogik and mezid and says mezid if you leave it on on purpose, it's also for you to eat. That will be a major question on Rabbi Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak, on the other hand, says that what Rabbi Chiyah meant is that both Shogig and Mezid are usur to eat if you left it on the flame before, from before Shabbos into Shabbos. Why is that? Because we're concerned that people will be tricky and they'll say, oh, I forgot the food on the flame, when in fact, they didn't forget it. So they said, even when it's by accident, also to eat. The problem is from that Brisa that says that by accident you are allowed to eat. And the answer is, there were two periods of time. The Chachamim made a Gzera and they said, since people are tricky, it's usher to eat food that was left on a flame. And the Brisa that says you're allowed to eat food when it was by accident was before that Gzera. We need to understand, yesterday's Daf, Daf Lamed Zayin, there's a Machalik between Rameyer and Behuda had explained Basila. According to Rameyer, Basila hold you could do Shihiyah, you could leave a pot from before Shabbos into Shabbos, only with hot water. Now we're saying, according to our mayor, it's even a tafshel, even cooked food. We need to explain that on Daflam Zayin, we're talking about lichat chila. If somebody comes to ask a rabbi, what can I leave? They'll tell him, only hot water. But if he went ahead and he did so without asking the rabbi, they'll allow him to eat even a tafshel, like on today's daf. Now what about Rabbi Yudah? Rabbi Yudah says, in Basilel, you could do shi'ya even in a tafshel. And today we're saying that Rabbi Yudah holds, according to Basil, only hot water. We need to explain that on Daf Lamed Zayin we're talking about Grufa Ketuma, when somebody removed the coals. There are no coals. So therefore, if there are no coals, we'll allow him to eat even cooked food. But today we said, we're talking about there are coals in the Kira. Since there are coals, only hot water and not cooked food. The Gemara has a suffix. What if a person went ahead and didn't listen to Chachamim and was over and he did Shehiyah? Do we penalize him and not allow him to eat the food? Gemara wants to bring a raya from Rabbi Yaisi. He said that somebody had water that was left on from before Shabbos into Shabbos. He said, you're allowed to use it. Whereas somebody had shriveled eggs, really cooked eggs, and he said, you're not allowed to have it. So you see that Shehiyah is Asr. Gemara says, perhaps what he meant to say is, next week will be Asr. In other words, don't do this again. But since you did it already, you are allowed to eat it. Gemara says that Rav Sheshis holds that according to Basilel, we're going to the sugya of Chazara, putting the pot back on the flame. According to Basilel, they say you're allowed to do Chazara, you're allowed to put the pot back on the flame. It's even on Shabbos morning, where it's not, you can't see from his action that he wants to put it back. Friday night, if somebody takes the chunt off the, the flame, for instance, we know that he's going to put it back on, he needs it for the next day. But Shabbos morning is different. He, perhaps he doesn't want to put it back. Nevertheless, According to Basil, you let him put it back on the flame. 
comes Rabbi Tadai and says, I need to qualify that. That's only if he continuously holds it in his hand. But once he puts it on the ground, it's also to put it back on the flame. Says Rabbi Yechon, I disagree. Even if you put the pot on the ground, you could put it back on the flame. And there, there's a machlaikis, what Abayi says. According to one Lashen, Abayi says, you need two conditions. You need to be holding it in your hands, and you need to think in your mind that you're going to put it back on the flame. If you're missing any one of those two conditions, let's say you think in your mind you're going to put it back on the flame, but you put it on the floor, you cannot put it back on. Let's say you're holding it in your hands, but you never thought that you want to put it back on the flame, you cannot put it back on. Another Lashen in Abayi is, that Abayi said it's one or the other. Either you're thinking in your mind, in other words, I could put it on the floor, but I thought in my mind the entire time I'm going to put it back on the flame, you can put it back on the flame. Or, even without thinking, as long as I'm holding it in my hands, I could put it back on the flame. The Gemara remains in a Suffolk, in a Teiku, these following questions. What happens if he didn't put it on the floor? The Gemara mentions floor. What if he put it on a table, on a bed? What if he hung it on a, on a stick? Is that considered as if he's holding it in his hands? Another question the Gemara asks, what happens if he takes something off the flame, and he pours it into another pot. Does that restart the whole thing and say that you're not allowed to put the pot back, back on the flame, or not? Take The mission talks about a tanur. Until now we're talking about a kira that has two flames. A tanur is narrow on the top, and therefore it traps the, the heat in a lot more than a kira. It's much hotter. The mission says that whereas a kira, if you use kashu gvava, straw, and the bottom of the straw, that's nothing. It's not a problem. You could put a pot on top. When it comes to a tanner, you cannot because it has so much heat. It has the same halacha as eight, as real fuel. Rabbi Yosef says that with a tanner, I could place food up against the wall of a tanner. I can't put the food inside the tanner or on top, but I could put it on the side. Abaya argues and says tanner is so extreme, the heat is so strong, that you're not allowed to even put the food on the side of the Tanner, and in fact, there's a Braisa that says exactly what Abayah says, that it's also to be Soymach on a Tanner. A Kubach. It's in between a Kira and a Tanner. It's just like a Kira, but only has one flame. It's, it's large enough for one pot. So it's hotter than a Kira. It retains the heat more than a Kira, but less than a Tanner. And therefore, if you use straw as the fuel, you're allowed to put a pot on top and inside. But if you use real fuel, like wood, or the leftover olives, their pits, it's also to use. The lacha is always in Tumah, if you take a kli and you break it, it becomes tar. So if you have a kira that's split in half to its length, it becomes tar, because now you just ruined both of the burners. But if you split it to its width, you just created two burners instead of one large kira, and therefore it remains tummy. Whereas a kupach only has one burner, so regardless of what direction you break it, you just ruin that burner, and therefore it becomes tar. Have a wonderful day.